everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Badland Girls. I'm Destiny. And I'm Rhea. Rhea, how's it going? It is a little stressful. <laughs> uh, I start a new job within my own company on Monday. Oh, that's kind of exciting. It is. It's very exciting. Um, I've been solo for the past two years, so I have a team again, which is exciting. But it's a little nerve-wracking, too, and I'm getting a little stressed out about it, so I'm trying to take it as easy as I can this week and for the rest of this year. So that's how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm good. I um, <clears throat> had kind of a, like, busy weekend, so I, my sleep has been wonky, but overall I'm in a good mood. Mm. Uh, I like the fall is dancing with winter right now. Yeah, uh, for real. <laughs> yeah, it's quite been quite cold. literally like there were there were leaves falling and then snow falling at the same time. Yeah, it's been cold but not like crazy cold, so I I've been able to enjoy it. I don't really like winter that much, but I do like fall a lot and uh I do like when Omaha gives us the rare chance to see the seasons actually change because I feel like it doesn't happen for very long here. Like the transitional phase, yeah. <laughs> it's usually like somewhat, like somewhat cold all of October, and then once Halloween comes, it's balls cold. Mm -hmm. So then you just have to kind of bundle up. I never know what to wear in summer, so like I don't know something about winter just makes it easier to just throw on clothes and throw an outfit together and look cute. And I uh, really uh, prefer. Uh, cold weather clothing to warm weather clothing. That's all. I can tell. You always look so cuddly and cute in the winter. Thank you. Yeah. I just like, I'm always hot, so I just don't like wearing it. For me, it's like, how, how do I figure out? It's like the opposite of you. It's like, how do I figure out to wear enough to keep me warm outside, but that I won't roast inside? Right. I understand that. But for some reason, I find it really easy to layer. I guess I just don't have very many layers. Yeah, you got to learn the art of layering. That is my yeah. cold weather fashion advice. That's good. That's good fashion advice. <laughs> have you played any of the uh, Animal Crossing update? We haven't talked about it. Oh, yeah. I haven't bought the DLC yet, and I'm planning on buying it uh, tomorrow. And I've heard great things about the DLC, so I'm super excited to fire that up. But as far as the... Um, the just the free update that they added to New Horizons. I've been playing Animal Crossing daily now again, and uh, I got all the shops in the co-op because I was sitting on like two million bells and had nowhere to spend them, so I had plenty of money to do that. Nice. And then, and then I just uh yeah, I just made some minor tweaks. I was pretty happy with how my um island turned out when I left. So I only changed just a few things. Uh, I didn't make like, I didn't like raise everything to the ground and then build it up from scratch. <laughs> I, I don't have the time for that. I have no commitment to Animal Crossing yeah. to do that. I, uh, I've been playing the DLC more than the game. Like mm. I have a couple of the co-op shops. One of them I haven't played in a couple of days. So like I, I haven't checked it out yet, but I just got kicks and I just got leafs. Um, but 
I really like the DLC. It's re- relaxing. It's um, Happy Home Designer is a cool game. Like, if you still have your 3DS, I'm pretty sure the shop is still active. You could probably pick that up. <laughs> it's, it's so fun um, to just decorate fucking villager houses all the time. Yeah, I agree. That was a super fun game for me, which is why I'm looking forward to this one, especially since I really love New Horizons and there's stuff that you can get from the DLC and then just put it on your on your island. So I'm yeah. really excited for that. And they added all these like cool customization things like accent walls and the way they do the curtains and like there's more chandelier or like hanging lamp options and just like little touches to make the customization really um intense that I really yeah. appreciate cuz uh then your houses don't look samey. Mm-hmm. I've already used some of those like the uh, in the free update you can use the accent walls and ceiling lights so I've already used that in a couple of my rooms and it's really uh, it's really um, made me excited to kind of redecorate some of my rooms a little bit same here uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my rooms together yeah I finally finished my kitchen because now that uh, Reese and Cyrus are at the co-op He'll uh, he'll uh, customize anything for you, and there's no wait period. It's instantaneous, oh, and good. he doesn't have a limit. So I've been just going hog wild, just bringing him everything from the stuff that you get from your your ABD, your Nook Miles machine, uh-huh. to just furniture sets that you only could get certain colors of. So now I have like this. I have like my kitchen is kind of like minimalist Asian Zen. And I did not have a black oven and I did not have a black fridge and it was driving me insane. And now I have both. So (laughs) I'm very excited about that. And I decided to, I bought those Sanrio cards ages ago, but I, I got them right when I was kind of falling out of Animal Crossing. So I never, I only invited one villager to live in my island and now I'm inviting uh, a couple more. So that's exciting too. That is exciting. Yeah. It's my ult- it's a perfect game for November just to kind of get settled in and just relax playing this uh, you know, the relaxing Animal Crossing. Oh yeah, like uh and and we're going to talk about it cuz it's kind of the theme of sort of this month for us is just coziness and comfort. <laughs> yes. And Animal Crossing is definitely a part of that. Like being able to pop into that and walk around amongst the beautiful trees and uh, do all your dailies. And some there's something very, like, relaxing about that and cozy. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> for, for sure. Uh, but oh. do you want to get into our regulars? Show thing. All right. What was the last movie you watched? I watched Halloween Kills, uh, which came out this year. Uh, the latest in the Michael Myers Halloween franchise. Uh, didn't like it very much. Oh, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. What didn't you like about it? I just thought the script was really bad. Um, I did not care for the weird vigilante townspeople bullshit stuff. Um, I just thought it was goofy. I don't know. I, I, I wish I had more, but... Uh, when it really like I even sat down literally yesterday with a friend and did a pros and cons list because we both didn't like it and we were trying to figure out exactly what it was and 
it just wasn't it left me cold it just wasn't a good movie for me <clears throat> i like the vigilante thing mostly just because it blows up in their face so bad and i thought that was hysterical and um i also just really like what they're they're trying to do something unique with the with the boogeyman like is michael a supernatural being or or what Right. Kind of the the kind of the gray area that the first movie touched on. So I think that's really interesting. But the biggest problem I had with this movie is why wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis in it more? Yeah, like all the stuff that I liked about the first movie just wasn't there. Um I was really surprised that she spent 90% of this movie in the fucking hospital. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that about? Like yeah. that really irritated me. Um, I feel like, uh, like I said, it was it was a glaring enough that I was just like, what the hell are they doing? I think and I, wanted... I also felt like that. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I also felt like the um, it made the uh, her daughter and her granddaughter's story more perplexing to me because I just didn't uh, it, it didn't. Like, what the fuck? Like, I need to see Lori reacting to this because her granddaughter basically is like, yeah, let's go kill Michael Myers and goes like full vigilante. And I just needed the context of Lori to that, which she did not have any say. She barely knows what's going on in that entire movie. Yeah, it's just kind of like frustrating. And then like, I, w- I think I wanted a deeper exploration of like, the psychological mother-daughter dynamics that were going on with the uh, Judy Greer character and her and the granddaughter. I I, I wanted kind of more exploration of that, and obviously it wasn't going to be that kind of movie. Um, Hopefully it'll be better in, you know, it's a trilogy, so when Halloween Ends comes out, maybe I will like this movie more in the face of that one, uh, which means it would really have to be really bad but i don't want the movie to be bad i want the movie to be good (laughs) so i I hope it's a better movie i just didn't like this i feel really bad because a lot of people liked it and these are people whose opinions i like super value but i just could not get on board with it yeah that's okay i just feel like this it definitely felt like i will uh, uh concede one point it definitely felt like um it felt different but I was interested in the difference because we've never really had the city be a character like the Hogwarts castle is a character, you know? And so that was really, yeah. So it's just like, that was interesting. And I'm curious to see how it's going to tie in. Cause I felt like they purposely pulled back from Lori to be like, this is what's happening outside of her little room and her little one-on-one with Michael. And now I feel she said something at the end. I won't spoil it, but it makes me feel like it's like, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch the next one, obviously. Like I kind of have a duty to, but I just mm, not looking forward to it anymore. No, it's okay. Sometimes you just don't like a movie. That's true. That's true. (laughs) And it's been a while since I've sat through it, like one that I just felt awful about. Like this was a movie that as soon as it started, I was like, 
I'm already not gonna like this. Like I can feel it. <laughs> like it just and it just, <laughs> no. and it just kept the longer it went on, the more it just confirmed everything. So, oh, wow. um, which uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I I would rather you know go in and want to enjoy it. But yeah, this one just left me cold. Left me cold. Uh, what was the last movie you watched? Well, I went to go see the latest uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, which was The Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao and starring a lot of people. Um, I really like this. I feel like uh, it's definitely different than the other Marvel movies. I mean, not like super like, what the fuck is this? But it's, you know, I feel like Marvel movies, they have like a little, it's like a Disney movie. They have a little formula where it's like, some serious stuff, some fun stuff, lots of comic booky stuff. And this one really just was like, Chloe Zhao just brought all her indie energy to a big cinematic universe movie, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the depth of the characters uh, was really well done. Angelina Jolie is such a good actor, and I forget that all the time. But she really blew me away in this. I thought she was really good. And... Uh, I don't know when the what I think Maleficent was the most recent thing I've seen her in besides this movie. Oh yeah, I did. I watched Maleficent recently to prep for my Halloween costume because I felt like a silly person who uh, was gonna be something for Halloween that like I hadn't seen the movie of. So I rushed and watched the movie, and I liked the movie visually, but I uh, didn't really care for the Maleficent backstory. <laughs> Yeah, like we talked about before, <laughs> Maleficent just became a, a mom that loves her daughter. Yeah, which is, like, nice, but, you know, I, I, I like her a villain. Um, I live under a rock. What the fuck is the Eternals? Like, I don't know anything about the Eternals. Uh, Eternals is a movie about a bunch of aliens who have come to Earth, like, thousands of years ago to protect earth from these uh space space uh dogs they look like dogs space wolves called deviants and then as they are you know this now present day and they realize that a terrible calamity is coming and they have to stop it before earth is destroyed now there's a lot of twists and turns and i like the twists and turns but it's basically, uh, you know, aliens saving the world. It had a lot of energy of like an 80s alien movie, like a good one. So like it had a lot of um, like not a, a bad movie, but like good aliens. So not like the thing. Do you so, mean alien like Ripley alien or do you mean general aliens? <laughs> Uh, just like, these are like humanoid aliens. Okay, so you mean and aliens in general. Okay. I thought, yeah. I didn't know if you were referring to the movie Alien, so I was trying to make sure I understood. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. It's so, okay. Okay. But yeah, so this, it's, it's, it's interesting. I didn't know much about them either. And of course, like, their story in the comic is way more convoluted and complicated, and they simplified it for this movie. But it's basically, you know, a team of space people who are very deeply caring about life on Earth and then, like, the connection they make with the people on Earth. So it kind of reminded me of Arrival a little bit 
and Close Encounters, you know, like those feel-good oh, alien movies. Okay, interesting. When I when I was watching it, I was just so reminded of the the John Carpenter film Starman, which I feel like this movie has a lot of similarities with, and um, uh, I really liked it. I thought it was very visually stunning, and the action sequences were really cool. And it had a really diverse, wonderful cast, and it ended on a huge cliffhanger. So I'm like, what the fuck? So uh, I, I'm hopefully we get more. But yeah, Marvel's output this year has been really interesting. Um, we had, uh, what do we have for, sorry, we had Black Widow, which was finally giving, you know, dues to one of the, well, before the big Avengers, everyone's there. It was giving dues to the only woman on the Avengers team from like 10 years ago. And then we had Shang-Chi, which was such a great, you know, Asian inspired uh, fantasy. And then we have the Eternals, which is also kind of like this, you know, like it's basically the carpent, the movie version of the Carpenter song calling occupants of interplanetary craft. I love and that song. It's great. And then, uh, then we have uh, Spider-Man, which is, is a Spider-Man, but they're doing all sorts <laughs> of shit. I, I mean, like, I, some of the rumors I've heard of people showing up in that Spider-Man movie, I'm like, are you serious? I do not know what to expect from I that. But... literally said yesterday, like, I don't really follow Mar- Marvel films anymore, but I do like when they make a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, Spider- the Spider-Mans are fun, and <laughs> the last one ended on a huge cliffhanger, and so now we're going to get some real crazy bullshit up in this one. But yeah, enough about Marvel. Uh, I like this movie. I thought it was good. It had, uh, it thought it was very pretty. Oh, and I also watched, did I talk? I, oh, I did talk about that. So never mind. Oh, but, okay. Um, I thought I had it talked about Dune, but then I just remembered I did. It kind of reminded me visually a little bit of Dune, except maybe a little bit co- more colorful. Dune was kind of drab. <laughs> I'm going back and forth on if I actually want to sit through Dune. Because I have to confess, I thought the book was just okay. Um, Watch it in, like, parts. Or just watch the first part and see if you like it. Well, I know it kind of has a wet fart ending because they set it up for a sequel because there's, you know, multiple books and everything is set up for sequels nowadays. So they have to do cliffhangers because it's like a uh, a capitalistic obligation now to end all your movies with cliffhangers so they can have sequels. Um, But... That jaded part of me is still like, I, you know, I'm generally interested. Like, this is the first adaptation of Dune we've had since, like, that fucking TV movie that sci-fi did in the 90s. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I want to see visually, like, the choices that are made. But I yeah. also don't really have that much, you know, drive to watch it. But, you know, I, I, I should probably watch it just to talk, like, or, excuse me, to just see it and know what is going on <laughs> to stay oh, in the yeah, loop for sure <laughs> and now it's time for ah oh, battling girl, girl that's, that's my jam my jam destiny what is your jam my jam is follow me around by radiohead to the surprise of no one <laughs> they just released the video for this uh follow me around has been a rare and hidden Radiohead song. The first time it was ever heard was in 1998's Meeting People is Easy, which is, if you haven't seen it, it's the the documentary they made about their OK Computer Tour, which was Radiohead at their most famous and most miserable. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why most miserable? I just don't think they were used to being famous. I think being famous when you're young and like don't expect to be famous is really, really hard. Okay. okay. Um, so you have to like know how to take that in and like balance your life but if you're constantly touring you don't have any balance to your life so there's an extra layer of like psychological stress being put on you and you're constantly like being interviewed and constantly performing and i just think it exhausted them in a way that like they didn't anticipate so the movie makes being in radiohead seem like it's not a lot of fun but they seem like they're having fun now so they got through whatever it was they were going through when <laughs> meeting people is easy was made. It's a great documentary. I, I used to have it on DVD. One of my high school friends got it for me and I would watch it like once a year. It's one of my favorite music documentaries. Um, oh, nice. But so the song first appeared in that movie and then he, uh, Tom York recorded it. Uh, like he did a live version at solo shows. So like it's kind of popped up in live shows over the years, but they never released it until November 1st. Uh, they not only released an, an official version of follow me around, they released a video for it. Um, so everybody's, you know, happy and excited. Um, it's kind of a weird song for them to put out now because like, where they are in their sound is so different than what follow me around sounds like. Cause it, you know, it was written while they were still doing like straight up capital R rock music. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, you know, they're still doing rock music, but it's definitely more electronic now. Um, so it's, it, it, it sounds throwback, but in a really good way. Like it doesn't sound stale it doesn't sound like them trying to like recapture something like i don't know i'm really biased because this is my favorite band since i was 14 but (laughs) i think it's a great song and i uh like this version of the lyrics the last time i heard a version of follow me around all the lyrics were about tony blair betraying everyone and i'm glad he updated (laughs) amazing yeah (laughs) Because uh, he was angry about, you know, politics in 2003 or whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a great song. It's just like a slow acoustic paranoia jam. <laughs> what a great description. Slow acoustic paranoia jam. <laughs> you know, lots of shadowy figures and such. Uh, yeah, that's. You know, Radiohead is good at a paranoia jam. That's kind of their, uh, not their wheelhouse, because they write songs about a lot of different things, but I think of them as a band that mostly writes about neurosis. Okay. What's your jam? Uh, so on Halloween, we got together and had a little party, um, and we all dressed up, everyone was super cute. And uh, we played Jackbox games. We played this trivia game. And I discovered I'm awful at trivia. And then at the end of the night, we were, like, doing this thing where we that we do sometimes where we share videos. And our good friend Eric Green 
shared this viral video, music video of this song called Skibbity by Little Big. And it was funny. But then he showed us the remix they did of their own song called Skibbity Romantic Edition. And that is my fucking jam. I haven't been able to stop listening to it. (laughs) I immediately started laughing because I remembered Skibbity. It's such a bizarre video. I know. So Little Big is a Russian, according to Wikipedia, rave band. Huh. And they're they're also very they're they're a little tongue in cheek, but they they you know they create pretty good like techno electronic bops. And I love the romantic edition of this song because it has a lot of '80s synths and kind of an '80s sensibility. And you, re- I'll I'll post the music video of both on our um, website, and you should check them out if you haven't seen it already. Uh, it's very silly and a lot of a very addicting to watch. But yes, yeah, that has been my jam. The the videos for both versions of Skibbity are like perfect to put on when you're at a party and you just want people to laugh, just like yes. a silly thing to show your friends. Like it's a it's it's the pure definition of viral. It's very fun. Um, yeah. I uh, totally miss this. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, I have so many that I love to just pop out at parties. Um, Mm. We'll have to. We should do an episode about. I don't know how easy it is to talk about. Like, (laughs) I don't know how interesting it would be to listen to people talk about YouTube videos on a podcast. But doing like a favorite viral video episode might be in the future for us. Oh, I think so. TikTok, <laughs> we can do this. You know what? You're absolutely right. So, yeah, write that down somewhere. I'm going to forget. <laughs> All right. I will write it down uh, because there, I, I watch uh, the YouTube a lot, and uh, I do love a good viral, a viral video that just gets me into it. I always, so. like, tend to forget that music videos are still a pretty vibrant uh, scene like people are still making them I just don't seek mm-hmm. out a lot of new music videos because I don't follow a lot of new music the way I used to uh, yeah. but somebody like uh, I was somewhere recently and somebody said oh music videos are dead and I'm like no no people are still making really cool music videos I just uh, think you aren't on the right corner of the internet for it oh yeah I, I, I still watch a ton of music videos and a lot of them they're not like they're not bad either. I mean, Taylor Swift just re-released uh, Red under her own, um, so she could own the rights to that version, right? Mm-hmm. I, I forget the whole details of it. But she fucking did a short film that she released with it, and I'm just like, you can't tell me music videos are dead. Yeah, music video- Taylor Swift is the doing visual. A short the film. visual album is like just music videos, and yeah. people love doing visual albums. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Thank you, Beyonce. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into our vegan meat and vegan potatoes of this episode, which Destiny talked about a little bit earlier. But she messaged me with this really great idea of like uh, talking about stuff that makes us feel cozy and warm since it is starting to get a little bit colder. We're in that transition from fall to winter and it's time to get your softest blanket, which my cat, I have to fight my cat for it. And so I Get your softest blanket, wrap it around your shoulders. Get your hottest drinks. Yes, your hottest drinks. And we wanted to talk about, like, music, especially in this episode. Like, what cozy music, what defines a cozy jam for you? And what cozy music are you listening to? 
Destiny, you want to start us off with some cozy requirements for music and what you gravitate towards during this time of the year? For me, uh, what tends to, like, feel cozy around this time of year specifically are are, uh, a handful of things. Uh, uh, Elements, if you will. One, very, very... uh, uh, What's the (laughs) fucking adjective I want to use? Pertinent element is acoustic guitar i i need acoustic guitars uh secondary element strings uh, love a good you know uh third element there needs to be some sort of melancholy it doesn't have to be about anything specific it could be a romance gone wrong it could be a death it could be just a sense of quiet just dissatisfaction that's being ex- expressed I, there's got to be a bit of melancholy maybe a bit of wistfulness um just looking over the albums i lo- wrote down to kind of talk about they all have in common a like emotional sort of sadness that i um kind of tap into this time of year uh and I, it's, it's not necessarily that i get depressed i do get depressed <laughs> I'm just gonna be laughing at this. <laughs> no, it's funny. Um, but you know, stuff that kind of just makes you feel like the, the 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 oral equivalent, oral with an A equivalent of watching Harold and Maud, where oh. it's kind of sad, but it's really funny, and in the end, you're gonna be okay. Question. Yes. Do you have a song from that soundtrack that you gravitate towards for a cozy November? I sure fucking do. Uh, Trouble by Cat Stevens, a.k.a. Nice. Yusuf Islam. I think that song, it plays at the end of Harold and Maude, I believe. I just, I don't know. That's a song, if I'm in a certain mood, I will put it on repeat and just cry. <laughs> in a good way, not in a bad way. Just in a, I need to release something way. Um, but it is a really sad song. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of my criteria. My song from Harold and Maude is Where Do the Children Play? Yeah. All the songs on that soundtrack are fucking bops. Like that that got me into Cat Stevens, seeing that movie at whatever age I was when I saw that movie. Um, uh, same. I'd never listened to him before I watched it. <laughs> yeah, same here. I had heard Peace Train, but I wasn't into Peace Train. Now I'm into it. I'm 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 putting down whatever that man picks up. He's on TikTok. He's the sweetest darling. Oh. I don't follow him, but like every once in a while, one of his videos will just pop up into my feed, and uh, he's always just playing guitar and t- telling stories about the music. It's cool. Nice. Um, like that. We'll talk about cozy movies next time because I definitely yeah. want to. Because I think movies also have that quality. That there are just certain movies I gravitate towards and TV shows that I gravitate towards to have a, a very similar vibe to a lot of the music I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are kind of my elements. Let me look at these albums uh, before I like, I'm not going to get into them because I want to hear what your criteria is, but I do mm-hmm. want to look at the similarities really quick. Okay. So there's a lot of sadness, a lot of like uh, acoustic guitar. I already said that. Um, 
the one exception is just an album that like I find really fun, but it reminds me of a certain period of my childhood when I was like really into uh, 70s glam rock, <laughs> which isn't cozy <laughs> in the same way as the other. It's kind of an outlier, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it, 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 it somehow falls under these same parameters for me. Like somehow they're connected because of the nostalgia factor, which is what the other element that I, there's got to be a nostalgia um, mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. not all the time. I, I did, uh, inspired by you, I made a playlist that I guess I'll be making public um, of some of the songs that, like, are the go-to November cozy jams. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I have a question about this playlist later, but I'll get to that. Oh, later. yeah, we can totally get into it. You can ask me anything you want. But, yeah, I just... There's definitely a lot of thinking about your own mortality and also uh thinking about just like past loves and just just that kind of thing like it really does get uh, a little zach braff and golden state (laughs) garden state garden state garden state yeah yeah garden state yeah (laughs) i said golden state (laughs) Oh my god! I also have a movie as a point of reference for my cozy jams. Oh Jesus! Yeah, They're so alike. This when is I was making, I know, right? When I was making my playlist, I got really embarrassed about how many pulls I pulled from that Garden State soundtrack, uh, and I think oh, I actually embarrassed about that. I toned it down a little, but like that soundtrack is great. I don't care what people think. <laughs> oh my goodness! But what are your sort of musical go-tos like what do you gravitate towards like i don't know if you're on the same like is it like is it acoustic guitar for you is it sadness for you or is it something completely different i'm very curious so uh, a lot of it is similar so i look for songs that are slightly down tempo and i say slightly because a lot of the songs on my playlist that i also made which i will share with all of you um I wouldn't, you might look at them and be like, this is not a a down-tempo song. And I'm like, yes, but it's not thumping skibbity, is it? (laughs) I like how defensive you are to this uh, hypothetical (laughs) human that's like not into your mix. I know. And so slightly down-tempo, I really like, yeah, it has to be kind of guitar heavy, but not necessarily acoustic guitar, although a lot of it is. I really like the kind of finger-picking, kind of folksy guitar playing jangly guitar if it's not acoustic and yes. then i really like yeah and i really like um shoegazy kind of sounds and 80s mellow and like the intersection of those two of those two songs of those two mediums those types of songs and it has to be yeah i feel like most of the songs have to they have to be a little sad a little bittersweet and if they're not just like quiet reflections on life and or just simple, like the slice of life song where they're basically just like describing a simple time, a little bit nostalgic, stuff like that. Well, um, looking at your playlist specifically, you put things that I would have put on my own playlist. Like if you hadn't, oh, okay. like there are songs I'm like scrolling down. I'm like, we definitely are on the same wavelength because there's a handful of songs that, and we're going to get into it. I'm, I'm being vague on purpose. Um, yeah. That like, definitely fit uh the criteria so we're we're very similar i think 
Yeah. And so, like, a lot of indie pop, a lot of folk, and uh, some 60s, because I love the 60s. And for me, personally, when I was making this list, I included most of the songs are from uh, a specific time in my life, which is the early 2000s. Um, it's a very, I don't know, there's a very comforting feeling when I think back to like studying in my dorm room in the early 2000s and I was listening to a lot of this music. And also at the time, uh, I was really into Lost in Translation soundtrack, which is like the ultimate, <laughs> like, like comfort soundtrack for me. And a lot of the songs on there are a mixture of kind of shoegazy and then kind of like folk indie pop type songs. So I uh, heavily inspired by that. Yeah, uh, but, I laugh yeah, because kind of a... I feel the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not. I know you're not laughing <laughs> derisively. Uh, but yes, I uh, I really love just kind of those are the kind of criteria I have for songs I listen to, and I also wanted to choose songs that just feel familiar. Like that's why I chose a lot of older songs because I want songs that have been with me for a long, long time. Yes, Be- for sure. C- yeah. Cause those songs, it, it, there's just something, an extra layer of cozy on top of it. If you have a song that's just been with you for a very long time. And then, um, and, uh, so, and I wanted to do you know, like all these songs, I know all the words too, which is not hard, but you know, but yeah, that was like a, something that I was thinking about. It's like, I was very specifically like, it has to be a song that at least I've known for five years plus, because otherwise it just doesn't, it doesn't hit the same. I no. Guess. Yeah. I am 100% with you on this. Uh, do we have, okay, let's, I have two questions uh, that uh, let's try to answer. One who is the like artist that epitomizes this sound for you? You ha- might have more than one. I have a handful. Um, that's the first question. So let's answer that. And then I'll ask the second question, which is uh, what is the album that epitomizes it? Cause I don't think the artist necessarily would be the same person that would produce the album. It might be for you. I don't know. But uh, like, who's the artist that epitomizes this for you or at least some artists. Hmm. So uh, for me, I probably the artist that it kind of epitomizes this for me is Vashti Bunyan. She was a 60s uh, f- uh, folk singer. She had a couple like 60s pop hits, but then she released an album called in like 1970 called Just Another Diamond Day, which was like this beautiful, like kind of magical folk album. And then it went nowhere and she yeah, retired. She was from... forgotten. Yeah. She retired and moved to a farm and then all these alternative folk artists uh, like Joanna Newsom and others discovered her and she became, uh, she revived her career and released two more albums before officially retiring. And I love her story and I just love her sound so much. Her voice, like that was like somebody, when I saw you put uh, Timothy Grubb on your playlist, like that's a song that would have gone on my playlist. Mm -hmm. um for sure like that song epitomizes exactly what i'm talking about there's sort there's a there's a nostalgic it sounds like your childhood if you had if you had a very like if you were raised in a certain decade it sounds like your childhood um it's got this like gentle soft guitar it's talking about these people and they're kind of whimsical and like I, i don't know there's something like super warm and fuzzy about her voice specifically that really moves yeah. me 
Uh, she's like a fucking warm blanket of a human. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> so that kind of answers both your questions. Cause I feel like that her, her in general. And then that album, just another diamond day are like my go-tos. Um, I'm going to pull something up really quick and then I'll talk about mine, but that's a okay. really good answer. Um, for me, I just want his Wikipedia page up so I get some details right. But the artist who epitomizes this for me is Nick Drake. Um, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with him at all. Well, he was, um, if you've heard the Garden State soundtrack, you've heard Nick Drake. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Uh, anyway, he was this um, English singer-songwriter who wrote these songs on acoustic guitar and he died in 1974 he had some sort of um overdose of some kind like a antidepressant overdose he was only 26 and nobody knows if it was an accident or what um so he wasn't quite known when he was alive but um he influenced a lot of people and sort of became this figure um, in, I'm trying to think of like a, um, more contemporary artist that like, liked him, but, um, here's a great, I'm just going to read you the Wikipedia paragraph about his sort of legacy. Um, by the mid 1980s, Drake was being credited as an influence by such artists as Robert Smith of the Cure, Peter Buck of R.E.M., and Peter Brook of R.E.M. In 1985, the Dream Academy reached the U.K. and U.S. charts with Life in a Northern Town, a song written for and dedicated to Drake. By the early 1990s, he had come to represent a certain type of doomed romantic musician in the U.K. music press and was frequently cited as an influence on by artists, including Kate Bush, Paul Weller, Amy Mann, Beck, and the Black Crows. Um, so he has, you know, people know who he is now, but... Uh, he definitely uh, did not get to know his fame, but he was very folky and um, his voice has a very warm quality that kind of fills a room. And he has this album. I can't remember what year it came out. It's called Pink Moon and it's just beautiful, whispery songs. Um, and that answers my album question. He's not the only one. Like I have a couple more, but... For me, like he's at the top <laughs> for okay. this this okay. feeling and this sound for me. Uh, so my questions are actually related to our playlist that we made. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what is your ultimate like cozy jam? Oh, Which I my... asked on our our Twitter too. So <laughs> I just yeah. I'm very curious. My ultimate cozy jam. Ooh, there's a couple. Okay. I think if I really had to sit and think about it and I'm just scrolling through the playlist, like what's the song that the one that fits everything we've been talking about and hits the criteria really hard, but only it breaks the acoustic guitar rule because it's a shoegaze song, uh, is Vapor Trail by Ride. Mm. Uh, It's got strings in it. And it kind of builds to this crescendo and it, I don't know what the lyrics are about, but it, it was on, did you ever read Perks of Being a Wallflower? Uh, no. 
that book was really, really formative for me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> read it in high school over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, just formative. But anyway, the character, uh, the main character, Charlie, makes these, uh, excuse me, he gets a playlist, essentially a mixtape, because the book's set in the 90s. So he gets a mixtape from his sister. I believe, like, it's a tape that her, like, shit boyfriend made for her. But his sister's always introducing him to, like, cool music. And he gets this mixtape called Autumn Leaves that he, um... Oh, you know what? Never mind. I'm getting I'm getting the story mixed up. He makes a mixtape for his friend for Christmas called Autumn Leaves. And he takes okay. songs that, like, he got from his sister and then, like, other songs that, like, make him feel a certain kind of way. And Vapor Trail is on the playlist so i knew about this song before i'd ever heard it because when i was reading that book there wasn't you couldn't just like easily get music i would have to like go to kazaa and like (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah it wasn't like they were carrying that ride album at my local record store because they weren't um so i didn't hear the song for a really long time uh until uh later in high school a high school boyfriend burned me a cd and just did autumn leaves uh like a burned cd version of autumn leaves that he he gave out to us all at christmas so uh, that's when i finally got to hear it and so it it, it has a nostalgia factor because it's connected to my favorite book and my high school relationship um also, or my favorite book from high school. It's not my favorite book anymore, but I mean, I still have a huge soft spot for it. Um, I, I love a good coming of age novel, uh, <laughs> rife with it problems that it may be. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Vapor Trail, I think, epitomizes it. And then there's something about shoegaze that just is cozy for me. Yes, for real. Agreed. Um, but yeah, and then like just going back to Nick Drake again, anything off of the Pink Moon album is like completely, uh, I think I put, I held back and I only put one song from that album on the playlist, but the playlist has one, two, three Nick Drake songs on it because <laughs> he is nice. just so that for me. Um, well, for me, yeah. my ultimate uh, cozy song is actually related to Nick Drake because it is Life in a Northern Town. I fucking <laughs> love that song. <laughs> I I love that song so much. And I've been listening to it a lot lately. It's been that and Skibbity. What a weird, what a weird week. That's and, funny. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, I uh, my other question is on this list, like which song on your playlist has the biggest nostalgic punch for you um oh goodness um probably shit hmm sorry i have to think about it no it's fine i'll say mine while you think yes okay so the song on mine that has the biggest nostalgia punch for me is actually dear prudence by the beatles uh, that is one of my all-time favorite Beatles songs. And as I was making this list, I, I thought of it. And I was like, I haven't listened to that song in forever. And then I just listened to it in, on repeat over and over again. 
I really, really love that song. And it just takes me back. It takes me back to when I was super into the Beatles and just learning everything I could about them and reading all these books and listening to all their albums and finding all this old footage of them. I really love that song. Oh, that's really wonderful. I also include the Beatles on my like cozy uh, sort of music. Like I, for me, the album that epitomizes the sound is probably either Revolver or, um, oh, what's the, the one with the orange lettering? I'm blanking out. (laughs) (laughs) Rubber Soul? Yes. Rubber Soul for sure. Uh, Mm. I put a song from Rubber Soul on my playlist because I think Norwegian Wood is like, that's just November. Oh yeah. I love that song too. (laughs) um yeah Beatles definitely um what was your question I kind of like lost the plot just which one which song had the biggest nostalgic punch for you okay sorry thank you okay um hmm on my playlist probably the I slapped at the end even though it might not like fit with the other songs perfectly uh the Vince uh, Garaldi Trio Thanksgiving theme from Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> uh, Vince uh, Gilardi music automatically makes me think of being a kid. Oh. Uh, and then Thanksgiving automatically has like, uh, you know, if you take away everything about colonialism, <laughs> what's left is like food. And, 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 and family. And I don't know, that just, that's a warm, fuzzy thing for me. Yeah, it's just like, for me, it just kind of is like, I like to refer to it as pre-Christmas. Because uh, it just kind of, it, it kind of like eases you in to like the the kind of like warm, fuzzy feelings you feel at Christmas, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, not for everyone. No, I understand that it's not. But yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, I've talked about it on this podcast, but I had a mental breakdown in September and October. And so I'm really uh, gravitating towards this kind of cozy feeling and these cozy feelings and just looking forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas more than I ever had. Usually I'm just like so Halloween. I'm like, fuck this holiday food and fuck the other holiday too. But it's my mom's favorite holiday. She put the Christmas decorations out on November 1st. Ah. And I'm just like, you know, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to embrace it wholeheartedly this year because I am healthy and happy and I also have wonderful friends that I want to just celebrate all this wonderful feelings with and we'll take a photo of us standing beside a 19th century window 19th century tree and 19th century clothes and then it'll pan out and it's snowing it'll be great oh and also to prepare myself for christmas season i did watch the the short film the disney short film uh the little match girl which is you know great to watch to get you in the christmas spirit oh my and god and i say that tongue <laughs> so you have seen it then yeah, well, I just remember the little match girl from growing up, and yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, man, I I watched it again. I'm like, yeah, let's start let's start off Christmas right. Let's watch the fucking little match girl. Why not? I have to get emotionally ready for Christmas, and I'm not quite there yet. 
but I'm in the um, gift buying mode right now. So, like, I'm thinking about Christmas. Uh, I've already gotten a couple of Christmas gifts for people already. Nice, Um, nice. I'm trying to start early. Uh, But it is my second favorite holiday. So, like, once I get in the mood, I'm in the mood and, like, everything's great. But, like, that time between, like, where it's post-Halloween, I don't really like Thanksgiving. Aside from, like, the, the things I talked about, like, where, you know, memories of happy ones. And I do like to eat. And I do like to watch Mystery Science Theater every year. Um, <laughs> that's so beautiful. That's my uh, adult uh, tradition. Because I didn't, I didn't really do the Turkey Day marathons as a kid because I wasn't home. But um, anyway, brain fart. Where was I going with that? My whole point of bringing it all up is, yeah, there's, like, a pre-Christmas feel to it as well. <laughs> Uh, so there's a sense of like end of the year things are wrapping up uh, and it's just cold and so <laughs> that's definitely the vibes uh, I yeah. did want to list uh, the albums that I consider cozy uh, go-to albums that I've been listening to a lot since since November started okay okay so I mentioned Pink Moon uh, my other one is Kid A by Radiohead because it's also kind of cold and sad. And uh, I was 14 when that came out. It's the album that made me a Radiohead fan. So the nostalgia factor is huge. Um, Nirvana Unplugged because it uh, I don't know what it is about it, but that's just a comfort album for me. It's beautiful. Um Roman Candle by Elliot Smith, which is, I believe, his first album. Uh, there's a lot of Elliot Smith uh, pumping around this time of year because he died in October. So oh, I always, I as- mm-hmm. so I always associate October with him. Uh, so I uh, used to when I was a little sadder, uh, back unmedicated Destiny, we'll call her. Uh, would just listen to him the entire month of October and just <laughs> bump myself out. <laughs> I, I can't Aww. do that anymore, but I, I definitely still listen to Elliot Smith. Um, and then the, the album that I consider kind of an outlier is Roxy Music's 72 self-titled album, because it's just songs that remind me of Velvet Goldmine and being in high school and <laughs> don't really fit like the sound quality, but they still comfort me in the same way. Mm, okay yeah like it doesn't it doesn't fall under any of the categories we talked about aside from being nostalgic for me and making me happy and knowing all the words um another one is uh carrie and lowell by sufjan stevens sufjan Mm. stevens which is like a sort of it's a newer entry for me it's a meditation on loss and just a lot of themes like that uh, cause he kind of wrote it in the wake of losing his mother. Uh, so it, all the songs are just really contemplative and, uh, beautiful. And it's kind of his last, like, well, until recently it was his last folk album too. Okay. Those are good ones. Thank you. Yeah. But, uh, this is going to wrap up our cozy music episode thank you so much for listening and we will have more cozy things to talk about uh when we're back in two weeks yeah Uh, cozy movies cozy tv shows in the meantime you should write us and tell us what's cozy for you 
Yes, tell us what's cozy. What makes you feel like a warm cinnamon? I think of that Homer Simpson, like that Simpsons. I'm just a big old warm cinnamon roll or whatever he said, nestled in his blanket. <laughs> and uh, that's like an image I carry with me in the winter. But yes, email us, ballandgirls at gmail.com. And you can find uh, this episode and other episodes at our site, which is ballandgirls, oops, abnormalmapping.com slash ballandgirls. Thank you for hosting us, Abnormal Mapping. And uh, check out Destiny on her other podcast, Repertory Screenings. What's the movie you're doing? We're going to watch, uh, I believe it's Antonioni. Hold on. Let me double check. We're watching Red Desert. Oh, my God. I heard that was so good. You have to tell me. I, I'm really excited. It's a movie I've tried to watch a lot. It is Antonioni. Um, okay. And every time I start it, I fall asleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> really looking forward to watching the whole thing okay yes I'm, i can't wait to hear what you think about it because it's been on my list for ages i just never got around to it oh for sure we'll let you know what we think okay uh but until next time always, always pizza, rolls. pizza rolls cozy pizza rolls just for you